text this morning is found in Genesis chapter 28, verse number 15. Genesis chapter 28 and verse number 15. The Lord says to Jacob, and behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to of thee. Before I get to the message, I want to make sure that you get the picture. Believe it or not, the story of Jacob is a lot like ours. Here was a man that was in a bad situation, and we are born in bad circumstances. We're born into this world with a sinful nature and live in rebellion against God until something changes that. As a result of Jacob's offense against Esau, uh, he was on the run. He had left home with a furious brother behind, with a broken-hearted mother, and uh, with his father on his deathbed. So he's running for his life, looking over his shoulder every day to see if Esau is coming, living every day in fear and uh, just thinking this might be my last day. So he's headed to a hiding place that is basically about 500 miles away from his home, and in route, he grows weary. And on a rocky hillside there, he decides to rest. He has nothing more than a pillow, a, a stone for his pillow, and as he lay there, I can't help but wonder what is going through his mind at this time. He's all alone. He's weary. He's broke. He's frightened, facing a mountain of uncertainty. And finally, he fell asleep. But thank God while he's sleeping, God's very much awake. And while he is sleeping, God gives him a dream, a revelation from heaven about a ladder a ladder reaching from earth to heaven. And he reaffirmed the promises that he had made to Abraham. And then he reassured Jacob that he would be with him. And he revealed the purpose and plan that he had for Jacob. The point is that Jacob felt most hopeless and helpless at this time and that is exactly when God appears to him. When all seemed lost, God assured him that there was a glorious future that awaited him, and he gave him the promise of his presence. Now, I realize there are a lot of folks today that have the idea that the Old Testament is nothing more than history. They have the false idea that it does not relate to us in any any practical way today, but they're certainly wrong. Paul said in Romans 15 and verse number 4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now, if you don't need any hope this morning, I suggest you might as well uh, might as well turn the broadcast off and go do something that you might enjoy. But the fact of the matter is every single one of us needs hope. All of us need hope in regards to some difficult situation that we face. Not only that, 
on a national scale, but we need hope on a personal basis. And that's especially true in light of the situation that we're facing here this morning. So I trust you'll listen carefully because I want to show you this morning from this verse how we can have hope. Man is an incredibly weak creature. There's not a moment of our life where we don't need God's help. Thankfully, God has assured us of that very thing. Isaiah 41 and verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with thee. The problem is, sometimes we act as though he isn't. Sometimes we act as though God is dead, or that he's sick, or that he's in some distant country somewhere else and he can't be found. But I promise you this morning, that is not the case. I could read more than a hundred verses from the Word of God that assures us of God's presence. And today, I want you to focus in on what God says to Jacob. Behold, I am with thee. Do you realize how amazing that is? Can you imagine how, how Jacob must have felt at that moment? The one who created and controls the entire universe is promised to be with him. It's the promise of the presence of and from the one who cannot lie. It would have been a wonderful thing if God had said, Jacob, I don't want you to worry, son, because I'm going to send an army to protect you. They'll take care of you. Or I'm going to send a band of angels to help you in your time of need. But God did something better than that. He gave him the promise of his presence. And when you have God's presence, you don't need any further help. What greater promise could there be than the promise of God himself? So I want you to look at this verse word by word and phrase by phrase. And there are three things that we need to take note of. The first is at the very beginning where we see the connection. Notice the word and. This connects our text with what has gone before in verse 13 and verse number 14. And that's where God is reminding him of the promises that he had made to Abraham and to Isaac. In other words, he is reassuring Jacob that just as I made promises to your father and to your grandfather, just as I assured them that I had a wonderful plan for them, the same is true of you. That must have been a, a, a great wow moment in his life to realize that the promise is not null and void because of the mess that he had made out of everything, but although he had failed, God was faithful to keep his word. And then, in addition to the connection, notice the next word, the call. He says, Behold. This is a call for attention and focus. The word speaks about a gaze, not, not just a glance. And that reminds us of our need to maintain our focus on the Lord. Sometimes that can be difficult to do, can it? There are so many distractions in this world. And if the devil can divert our attention, he knows he can defeat us and he can destroy us. 
Maybe the best advice I know of for any Christian is found in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 where it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of the faith. And verse 3 says, Consider Him. In other words, as we run the race of life, as we fight the good fight of faith, as we serve in the vineyard of the Lord, as we go about day by day doing that which is pleasing in our Father's sight, we must keep our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what we see here as God speaks to, to Jacob and says, Behold. In other words, it's as though he is saying, I want you to pay attention, to listen to me, and keep your eyes on me. It would have been so easy for him to look at the situation. It would have been so easy for him to be reminded of his horrible failure. And as a result of that, just sink into a pit of depression and become worthless, useless as to the plan that God had for him. So it's crucial that you and I, in these difficult days, keep our focus on the Lord. Other things might change. But God never changes. God never fails. And then I want you to notice, word by word, the comfort that is provided. Notice he says, I. And behold, I. There are not enough words in the human language for this. The I am is speaking and knowing that. We ought to hang on every word he says. Every word from God is worthy of our attention. There might be times that we just are so depressed as a result of our difficulties. Maybe times that it seems that the heaven is as brass and times that even the word of God does not seem really appealing to us. But it's then that we need it more than at any other time. So he says, I, notice I am. I'm so glad they didn't say I was. Let me tell you, God's not a used to be. God is the great I am. He didn't say, I might be with you. Or he didn't even say, I will be with you as though it was something for a later date. But he assured him, I am with you with you now keep in mind Jacob is far from home he's without a friend to keep him company uh, he has no servant to attend to his needs but here he is promised God's presence and that was a whole lot better than anything else he could have ever received and thank God that he is with us rather than away from us wouldn't it be horrible if there was some wide expanse that parted man from God and no bridge, no means, no way by which we could get to God? Thank God Jesus took care of that. When he died on the cross, he made a way that man could get to God. And so he's not a God that is afar off. He's not a God that is away. But he says, I am with thee, not away from thee. I am, not I was. And he's not only, not only a God that is near, he's not only a God that is with us rather than away from us, but he's not against us. He's not against us. 
I know so many times when we're going through difficulties, it seems to our natural mind that, that maybe even God has turned His back on us, that God has forgotten about us, that God has ignored His children. There are times we read in the Bible where even good men, great men, felt in their heart as though God was treating them as an enemy. And they expressed that. I'm so glad that we serve a God who remembers that we are but flesh. A God who is not angry because we are confused. A God who is patient, loving, kind, and gracious even when we don't know how to express what we're feeling. So he says, I am with thee. Anytime you study the Bible, it's always important to know who God is speaking to and what he is speaking about. And in this case, he's speaking to Jacob. And Jacob was an interesting character, to say the least. His name means supplanter, or he deceives. And he lived up to his name, by the way. He deceived his father into giving him the birthright that belonged to, to Esau. And the point is, he is undeserving of blessings from the Lord. And yet the Lord says, I will be with thee. It's so amazing that God is so good when we are absolutely undeserving of anything. We look back and we see the faults of people like Jacob, or maybe we think about Peter's great faults and others that fail the Lord. But listen, we are all undeserving of God's blessings. And that's what gets us into trouble. So many times are unrealistic expectations to where we convince ourselves that surely we deserve something more, something bigger, something better. And yet we read in the Word of God, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, there's nothing, nothing in this world that we deserve. And that's why everything we receive is a result of God's grace. We, we, we don't earn any of it. And if I don't deserve anything, I ought not to complain about anything. Thank God we don't get what we really deserve, which is an eternity in a lake of fire separated from God. Thank God for that. Now, if you just stopped here, Thinking about God's demonstration of goodness to a man that doesn't deserve it, this would be a wonderful story. But the fact of the matter is there's a whole lot more to it than that. Because after speaking about his presence in the last part of the verse, he speaks about his protection. If God's with you, you can mark it down. He is able and willing to protect you. And he speaks about his provision. There are a lot of folks right now worried about protection, worried about provision. And in fact, a lot of folks that just wonder if they're going to make it through this crisis. There are people whose world has been turned upside down. There are lonely people in hospitals and nursing homes, incarcerated in prison, and others who are just, uh, well, maybe homeless or just have no one, no shoulder to cry on, nobody to lean on. But let me tell you, if you're a child of God, you can rest assured that God will take care of you. God will provide for His own. And that's what He's telling Him. 
He said, I'll keep thee in all places whither thou goest and bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to of thee. Wonderful story. But that's all history. I want you this morning to just go on a journey in your mind's eye and race ahead down through the centuries and I want you to to think about a time when Christ was here upon the earth and remembering what Paul said about those things written aforetime were written for our learning in order that we can have hope. So here we go through the centuries down to that time just before the Lord ascends back into heaven and he gave his disciples basically the same promise. He said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now keep in mind, the disciples, those men who had left all to follow Christ, are now to be left without him. Jesus had sought them. He had taught them. He had provided for them. He had warned them of danger, warned them of suffering, and commissioned them to do, well, what seemed to be an impossible task, to take the gospel into the whole world. I'll tell you, if there was ever a time they needed encouragement, it was then, because what they faced was absolutely overwhelming. And knowing their situation, knowing exactly what they needed, Jesus provided exactly what it was to help them get through those difficult times. The promise of his presence. That might be the most precious pearl in all of the promises of God. It's a promise that has encouraged many weary pilgrims down through the ages. It's a promise that is that has comforted many fearful soldiers on the battlefield, many troubled souls in the sick room who who wondered if I'm going to make it through this or not. And, and then they remembered that they could lean upon the exceeding great and precious promises of the God who said, I'll be with you. Fear not. I will be with you. That's the promise of one who cannot lie. It's a proclamation of the one who has never failed. It is a pledge from the one who has all power. It is a prophecy of the one that has proven himself to be faithful and true. And it's the present to every believer. We're not talking about some group of super saints somewhere that enjoy the presence of God, but we're talking about every child of God is indwelt by the Spirit of God and assured of the presence of God. It's a provision that covers every need. If I, this morning, was to take a survey and ask everyone to make a list of all of your needs, I'm sure that it would be quite lengthy. I'm sure that there would be a, quite a variety of different things that you're in need of. But when the Lord is with you, let me tell you, you've got it all with Him. And then it's proof that He cares. It's so easy for us in, in, in our natural mind to, to maybe sometimes wonder about, uh, about the extent of God's love.
If you could walk the corridors of the hospital today, maybe go into the cancer ward, maybe see the suffering little children, and it might cause you to wonder, does God really, really care? Does He really love us? And then we read those glorious words, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And let me tell you, that changes everything. If you want proof that He cares, just look to the cross, look to Calvary. Think about the suffering of the Son of God and hear the promise that I will be with you. Let me tell you, living in the awareness of His presence means everything. It means that we can have comfort in our trials. It challenges us to live a godly life. It constrains us whenever we're tempted to do wrong. It consoles us when we're hurting and cheers us up when we're lonely. It compels us to keep going when well, we just feel like throwing in the towel and giving up. But it compels us to keep going because the Lord is with us. It compensates for everything that we, that we lack. And it's, it's the very thing that causes us to win instead of lose, to succeed instead of fail. The problem is that sometimes we treat this promise like it's a, well, it's like a quaint, cute little saying that would make a good plaque to hang on the wall, something to crochet is a memory verse, but let me tell you, it's much, much more glorious than that. We ought to think about it as our lifeline Living in the awareness of His presence is the one thing that will keep us going when nothing else can. The more I think about this verse, the more I realize that it's impossible to really find a, a good place to stop. My mind is just overwhelmed with thoughts of things that could be said about this and of all of the things that Jesus said. I don't know of anything more important than this. Think about, he left them what was most important to them, what they needed most. He didn't leave them a lock of his hair or some article of clothing or some tangible item by which he could be remembered. Instead, he just leaves them this short, simple promise, I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the world. And they needed to know that more than anything else. And that's exactly what we need this morning. To know that God is with us. He's with us. He's in us. He is for us. And he'll never, ever leave us. I want you to weigh those words carefully. Jesus said, I. Consider all that we could say about him I mean he is the lily of the valley the bright in the morning star the fairest of ten thousand the one who is altogether lovely the alpha the omega the beginning the end and it just goes on and on we could never stop talking about about the loveliness and the greatness of Jesus I am he didn't say he didn't say I might was or will be I am with you I am with you that is wherever you go. For some, it might be a sick home. It might be on a sick bed somewhere, a nursing home. It might, it might be to the funeral home as, as you bury a loved one. And rest assured, the Lord has said, 
I'll be with you even then. And notice he said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He's with us at all times, all of the time, until the end of time. What a joy it is to know that we're never alone, that Christ is with us and for us and in us. Maybe you're thinking, well, preacher, all of that sounds well and good. But does it really make that much difference? Can it really help me in my situation? Well, it certainly helped Moses. The Bible says that Moses endured by seeing him who is invisible. The Bible tells us that Paul was encouraged because he knew that when all others had forsaken him, that God stood with him. And let me tell you, you need this promise as well. We have no idea what the future holds, but we can be certain that all of us are going to face things that are, well, beyond our ability. Thank God we'll never face anything that is beyond what Christ is able to meet. God is with all of those who come to him and Christ made that possible. The Bible says that we are made accepted in the beloved. If you're listening to this broadcast today and you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you'll do so even this morning. Wherever you are, whatever you've done, doesn't make any difference. Right here, right now, you could trust the Lord as your dear Savior and you could have the promise, not just the promise of uh, pie in the sky and the sweet by and by and a wonderful, glorious inheritance someday, but you can have the promise of resting assured that He is with you always to the end of the world and that he'll never leave you by simply placing your faith in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ you can become a child of God I pray that you'll do that as we bow and close in prayer father in heaven again we're so thankful for your exceeding great and precious promises we're so thankful for your willingness to accept us on the basis of what Jesus did on the cross. We thank you, Lord, for the greatness of your grace. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be able to tell others about your saving grace. And I pray this morning that some lost soul hearing this message might receive Christ as their Savior. Lord, I pray that every troubled soul this morning might find comfort in knowing that indeed that Jesus is with them. God help us this morning we need you in some ways more than ever and i pray that you'll give the leaders of our nation the wisdom that they need and i pray that you'll help the saints to be patient through all of this knowing that that all things work together for good to those who love the lord so we trust you this morning lord with all of our heart knowing that out of this horrible situation there will be some glorious blessing waiting at the end. We love you and thank you for all of that in Jesus' precious name. Amen.